Welcome to Infinity Circuit Radio, Episode Zero. My name is Alex. And I'm Wes. All right. Well, welcome to the show, everybody. Um, for listeners to my old show, Splinter Mind, you'll know that this has been a long time in the works. Took a little bit of a break, but I am back and ready to talk Eldari. Oh, man. And you have, have you ever been bending my ear all week of talking about Eldari, getting ready for this show? We've been talking about this for a good long while, and uh, the both of us are super excited. But for those of you who are totally new um, to the kind of content that I've produced in the past and West that you've been producing, this show is going to be uh, an all Eldari-focused show. And we're going to go into all of the factions, um, explore what makes them work, what is exciting about them, and just go you know, as deep into every topic as you could possibly imagine. And I couldn't be more excited. Yeah, it's going to be pretty special, actually, just talking about all facets, all flavors, all colors of, uh, of Eldari. Uh, I think we're both longtime fans of, uh, of Eldari of all, all shapes and sizes, really, aren't we? So it's, uh, it's going to be very exciting for us. Yeah, and we're going to be exploring it from a lore perspective, a tactica perspective, whether that be competitive or casual, hobby, um, news, meta, you know, all all ways of playing the game, just getting into like how to play them from a narrative perspective and what makes putting together a narrative list for Eldari, uh, you know, satisfying as a player, as a hobbyist. And there's just, this faction is so deep and it just keeps getting deeper with, with every passing year, really the lore, the, the way that all three factions sort of connect and what direction GW is taking them. Um, because it's been, there, there've been a lot of changes to how Games Workshop has presented the Eldari, I think really starting from like fifth edition to eighth, uh, you know, to ninth edition, where just their their place in the lore and just their place in the game has continued to has continued to change. So there'll be a lot to talk about going forward. Yeah, definitely, especially with the um, codex is dropping this year already. They were doing Jakar and you know much anticipation about um, craft worlds dropping and Harlequins and stuff in the future as well. So yeah, it's what exciting time really to be interested in Aldari. Yeah, and couldn't be more excited for that craft world book to drop it has been a long 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 time as they came out i think they were like the third codex of eighth edition and that codex didn't exactly blow people away when it first dropped um, no, that was like 2017 wasn't it i think oh my god the before times <laughs> yeah. yeah so almost coming to five years which used to be the standard sort of time to get a codex but uh these days it's, it's generally about three to four years tops really yeah, it's been a long wait, but um, there there's certainly a lot to talk about just right now. Where where um, you know Azriani set Drukari. I mean, there's a lot to talk about Drukari. They're on top of the world right now, or at least neck and neck with all the big boys. And Harlequins are sort of in a weird twilight spot. I'm not. I, I guess that's kind of thematic for them. But <laughs> yeah, well, they, they they got their boost, didn't they, during the uh, the psychic awakening stuff? Oh yeah, uh, that was a bit of rules writing gold for sure. Yeah, 
yeah, was, yeah, that was a really a real big shot in the arm for them. So for for quite a while, Harlequins were riding uh, sort of Top Gun for in 40k for quite a while after that uh, release, and I think they're still doing pretty well for it now, actually. Um, yeah, definitely. Yeah, it, it's it's weird, um, I, and we'll we'll talk more about this uh, probably next episode. Um, where all the factions sort of sit right now in the current game, but it's I, I am a bit. I'm a bit puzzled at sort of like where Azriani and um, Harlequin sort of sit competitively right now because I feel like they have more tools than they're sort of given credit for. And Wes, I think you said this when we were talking on the phone the other day. It might just be because the other armies are so good that it's a risk taking the other ones. But I don't know. I think there's a lot of tools there. And hey, that's why we started the show because we want to explore those tools and um, talk about what we've been using and what we've seen work. Um, and things that I've talked about previously in my old show, um, I, I was glad to see that they sort of, you know, my predictions sort of came, uh, you know, came true and what would be important, at least from like a craft world's perspective. But I'm sort of surprised that none of that is being really used because that's what I used in play testing. Um, against like orcs and admech and stuff like that and those tools are amazing but i i still don't see people using them yet but you know we'll explore that all in due time yeah absolutely maybe we should uh you've touched on a couple of times now about your your past and so a bit about you introduce yourself to the listeners about uh, who alex really is yeah well um again my name is alex i've been in the game for a long long time i think since about 1996 when i started i I painted up a few space marine models and then it was straight into eldar um and i've played all eldar factions since second edition you know i got into drukhari in third edition sort of split a couple of box sets with my friend robin and um who actually like won the young bloods golden demon way back in the day Oh, cool yeah and I the the store that I got into was run by a Golden Demon winner who eventually went on to work for Games Workshop, and they sort of had this rule where you can't put you can't play unless you show hobby progress. Like you can't play with stuff that is not at least like the basic colors are laid down. And um, it was just a great group of guys, and no one even blinked at that uh, sort of stipulation. So I've been really into the painting and hobby aspect of it for a long, long time. And I was actually a commissioned painter for many, many years. That was my primary job. I used that to buy my first house. And oh, wow. Yep. And so I, I ran, for those of you who aren't familiar, I ran um, a Splinter Mind podcast with my good buddy Brian for a long time. For about, I was involved for about five years and I'm also a playtester. I've been a playtester since early 8th edition. And I just absolutely love the game of Warhammer. And I cannot stop with my Eldar. Um, <laughs> I've got about 20,000 points fully painted of Eldari. All three factions. Um, 
consider myself a pretty competitive player, although I don't, I don't I haven't been to a tournament in a long, long time. But um, I put my army through the paces, and I hold myself to a pretty high standard when it comes to playing. So I'm deeply involved in the sort of tactical aspect of the game and really teasing out, um, really teasing out the best of what my army can bring. And just in terms of play style, I want to bring speed and power to every single build and just sort of overwhelming my opponents with sort of Blitzkrieg style attack. And I just, it's just such an addiction, you know, just getting the most out of my army. So yeah, and you like to play with like a theme to your your army as well, don't you? you don't necessarily like just pick all the, the top choices. You really like to go with some sort of overarching sort of backstory with your armies too. Oh yeah, um, I, I should have mentioned this, but my my entire faction is Corth, Corsair themed. So whether I mean, barring the Harlequins, but the Harlequins fit in perfectly because they travel alongside the Corsairs. So my Drukari, my Azriani, all of my Azriani are converted to be um, Corsair themed. So it's kit bash of uh, Drukari stuff, actual actual Corsair bits sprinkled all across. Um, so in a lot of my units are sort of like interchangeable. Like my uh, swoop, uh, my scourge, and my warp spiders are corsairs with wings with modified shredders. Um, that's model efficiency, right there. That's it, brother. Um, <laughs> yeah, the whole army is basically designed to. Um, I could sort of break it down into component parts. You know, p- pure craft world. Swap it into a Drukari list. Play it as actual Corsairs when that codex once existed, um, but yeah, the army is you know the the theme is pretty strong in terms of Corsairs and uh, Eldar Corsairs are my primary love of the game. Uh, that's like my entry point into the game, and it's just a theme that I just cannot quit. And it's just been it's fun to bring it out from a hobby perspective, but also uh, a play style where it's like fast hitting from all directions, um, high risk, high reward. And, uh, you know, I just like to, I I like to bring that style, like a definitive style to when I play, to when I paint and, you know, just really embracing the narrative from both a a play style and and hobby perspective. Yeah, definitely. And um, I I Googled Corsairs the other day because I've been thinking about dabbling in some sort of Corsair themed uh, units and uh, your stuff was the first stuff that came up on Google actually. The Lions of Azure and everywhere. Dude, that absolutely blew my mind um, that, because I know I've known for a while, like when I do like a Google image search, like my my stuff is all over the place on Google image and um, but to be number one when you search uh, Corsair is just in the you know the all tab for Google is really really mind blowing and that was a really good feeling because I've I've put a lot of time and effort into this army I've been working on my Corsair since fifth edition and to just see how popular my stuff is is you know crazy it's such a good feeling and you know to just I mean. In my real life, I'm just a normal hobbyist, just a regular <laughs> run-of-the-mill 40k player, and to, to get that kind of recognition, um, or to just have that, to to have that sort of like global attention on what I'm doing is is pretty nuts. So yes, 
That's really cool. So if uh, if people haven't seen your work, where could they find pictures of your your army? Uh, Eldar Cavalier on Instagram is my um, primary home. And let me just make sure that's actually correct. (laughs) (laughs) I just, uh, yeah. Eldar uh, underscore Cavalier on Instagram is my primary base of operations right now. So uh, hop on over there and uh, give me a follow. Absolutely. Some really stunning work on there. I actually copied uh, one of your farseers, like pretty much color for color once. (laughs) (laughs) There's nothing wrong with that. Imitation is the highest form of flattery, my friend. Yeah, yeah, you really knocked out. It was was like the retro... Farsi, like the pointing with the like uh, the pointy finger, like yeah. pointy finger, the sort of the Geiger looking one. Love yeah. that model. The rogue uh, trader much, one. Yeah, pretty much. Oh, yeah, I just literally copied yours. It's great. <laughs> yeah, well, thank you, dude. But hey, you've been in this game for a long time yourself, my friend. So why don't you tell uh, why don't you tell the listeners, you know, your your story? Yeah, I guess I, I was try- I was trying to think about this this morning. I, I think I've been a hobby for almost thirty years. Wow. Which is shocking. Yeah, it's a long time, really. Um, like dabbling, I guess. So early days at school when uh, my friends are playing with in the in the playground and stuff, and they're their space marine models. I didn't really know too much about it, but it looked cool and I wanted it. Uh, and my first model I got was my buddy gave me a Dark Angel, and uh, I've pretty much been addicted to Dark Angel since then. But I didn't know about Aldari at the time, and I think it was uh, it wasn't until I was about eleven. And uh, one of my friends had a white dwarf, and it was the white dwarf with the um, uh, the taste the rainbow uh, Eldar picture on it, the one with the Dire Avenger and uh, oh yeah, the Super Hawks in the background and stuff. And I remember seeing that one. Whoa, what are these? And that's uh, that's pretty much where my my love of Eldar started at that point. So <clears throat> definitely got into to sort of the craft worlds and aspect warriors at that time. I was just, just so excited. I used to read that same white dwarf time and time again because uh, i just that was pretty much all i had about them so i'd read all the stories and all the bits of lore in there several times over really so yeah that's where that's where it started for me yeah and wes you have multiple fully painted craft world armies like different like you have Beel tan and what what are the other craft worlds that you have yeah so i've got uh i've got, I've got a built town army because essentially i've just got all of the aspect warriors and some bits to, to go with it so Beel tan uh, Sam Han is, was my like, main uh, army for a long, long time. So I've got like 30 or 40 jet bikes and uh, stuff. I still love that. <laughs> so it was a guy, uh, 40k Fritz. Uh, oh, yeah. The way of Sam Han. He, uh, he really got me into like competitive kind of Eldar. Because they weren't particularly good at the time. But he had some great tactics. So I used to watch his YouTube channel and really get into to the Sam Han way. So I created a, an entire army uh for some hunt but just i love that army uh what else we've got uh la talk i just i just love the color scheme and i like the uh having read the the way is it the path of the warrior books by gav thorpe mm-hmm. that was all about la talk so i really got into the like their extreme uh following of, of the various paths and stuff so i uh after reading those books i had to create an army based around those and uh, i think they're, they're my go-to ones at the minute so i just love the color scheme and i'm really working on those although i'm considering it i'm dabbling a bit more built hand at the moment because we've got the, the plastic banshees that are right now and i need to start painting some of those so it's uh yeah that's my craft world's love but then when i was younger i got a um 
I used to phone up uh, Games Workshop. They used to have the, the mail order store, and I'd phone up and I'd say, hey, what special offers have you got on this week? And there was this one time that they had a, uh, a special night, Harlequin's Troop. So uh, it was coming up to, to my birthday. So I was like, Mum, they've got a, a Harlequin's Troop on sale for my birthday, please. <laughs> <laughs> so she, she got on the phone and, and bought these uh, Harlequin Troop at the time. So it's like, I think it's like 40 Harlequins for like £40 at the time, which was quite expensive, but looking back on it, relatively cheap nowadays. But uh, so that's uh, that was my fix for Harlequins then. So that's where the love of that started. Um. I dabbled in painting them. It was all a bit too much for me to paint at the time because I was still only a young teenager. But then um, later in life, I guess I, I took a break at that point because it was teenage years and uh, time to, to concentrate on school and stuff. And I didn't really get back into it again until my early 20s when the, uh, I think it was the fourth edition or fifth edition, it's about 2006. Me too. The uh, yeah, When the new Eldar dropped, and I think it was the one that... Uh, phil kelly had written oh, yeah. a lovely codex and those models they got a full range refresh it's just so beautiful so i kind of got back into the eldar and 40k in the hole at that time as well which is when my real addiction for the hobby started and just hasn't abated since then so i've got 15 years of hardcore hobbying since then uh, and i've pretty much just collected everything for for craft worlds and uh, and got it painted so i've got a, quite a sizable army now for, for the craft world stuff yeah, and uh, your collection is absolutely massive. I'm pretty sure it's bigger than bigger than mine. Um, and you cover the sort of whole breadth of it, which is exciting. And um, you know, for the listeners too, I mean, you played, you've been playing Harlequins pretty hardcore for a long time too. I mean, you were actually playing them as a standalone army in Seventh Edition and doing really well with them at events and whatnot. Yeah, I actually, yeah, I took them to LVO once as well, actually. And, um, it was a bit of a spoiler army. I was never going to win with it because it just wasn't quite powerful enough. But uh, I knocked a couple of big daddies out of the uh, out of the, out of the rankings, not by winning the games, but just by giving them a hard go so they didn't get quite as many points. So yeah, it was uh, it was a lot of fun. It's a big challenge, especially when you, these guys running around with a, a five plus invun safe, which wasn't much. Um, I used to take the four detachments, so you get the reroll ones, yeah, which made a little bit of a difference, but not too much. Uh, but I guess Drukari was my my big leak into to sort of competitive play. Yeah. Um, so I got back into them when they had their range refresh. Well, I can't remember now. It's probably like 2010, I think. Yeah. Must have been around that time. So, yeah, I got hardcore into that. And I think that's probably when I first started coming across you, really, on the um, the Dark City forum. Yeah. Yeah, so I used to go on there, and I was a bit of a... Uh, bit of a lurker really at that time but uh that was when i was starting to get my my drukari fix and yeah uh and start listening to your podcast uh it's a splinter mind yeah and that was through uh that was set up through Polly from real space raiders who just featured on tabletop tactics and played an absolute hell of a game uh and he's a hell of a guy and i i know you're friends with those uh with those archons over there as well yeah so so Dom, who's on on there, is actually uh, part of our D6 evolution now as well. So he's covering a bit more of the, the 40k stuff. So all in, interconnected, aren't we? All sort of interlinked the uh, the LR side of things in the, in the community, I guess. Yeah, we're all like actually pretty good buddies, and you know we, we all talk to each other regularly. We've all been on each other's shows. Um, you know, obviously, you know, me and Brian are still good friends. Um, 
Polly's a great guy. The Spider. I remember when the new Yanari book dropped, we had you and Lawrence on, and that was a great, great show. Um, yeah, it was well back now. It was. And, you know, it's it's good to be firing things up again because I feel like there is a ton to talk about about Aldari in the current game. Drukari, obviously amazing. Um, been a little bit of controversy around that. Um, I know there was, you know, we did our show on that. I'm, I mean, there's a lot I have to say about Drukari, about the way that they play, why they're good. Um, sort of my take on on just how that whole thing is played out. But I think like, you know, for the time being though, I mean, Drukari are just sort of obvious. What what works for them is pretty well known at this point. But uh, the other factions definitely need some attention because I feel like there's some amazing tools that those armies have exclusive access to. And I just don't see people using them. So of course, you know, there's a difference between the tournament and the sort of just casual scene, just garage gaming and maybe we're, i mean not maybe we're definitely going to explore that dichotomy um because i think there's a fascinating discussion to have um regarding like the sort of the divide between the casual and competitive player and you know why that's sort of an illusion but yeah. um and hopefully we can break those barriers down for people yeah and i think we're pretty well set for that because we um well, it's, it's no secret, really. We're, we're both playtesters for for k so we, we concentrate a lot, a lot of that sort of all aspects of uh, the playtesting aspect. Uh, and from our own backgrounds, we're very much into the law. Uh, like from my background, I was part of D6 or am part of D6 Evolution, which is just a competitive-based YouTube channel. Uh, we've been on a bit of a hiatus of late because of uh, COVID and stuff and moving house and starting new jobs, etc. But looking to, to bring that back as well. And I know you used to do competitive articles as well for, for frontline gaming. Yeah, and my competitive articles were always sort of um, making your style work for you and just more defining like play style than anything else and like how to... If you're trying to define your play style or make your play style work, what are the mechanics in the book that will help bring that to life and help you compete, you know, sort of in any arena of play? That's always been my angle. Yeah, it's definitely. It's, I think I think we're both Fritzian in that point of view, aren't we? we his, um, his way of Sam Han, you have your, your style of play and do the best around that. So um, it'd be cool to explore that a little bit more. So if you two uh, think about the game a little bit more, what would you say that your favorite uh, aspect is? Favorite aspect of just like the hobby in general is honestly playing. Um, I, I'm a dedicated hobbyist. I absolutely love painting. It's like a meditation for me. Uh, I find it to be like one of the most relaxing things you can do in a day. And, but I just, I love playing. I, I love playing and um, I'm definitely a, a guy that plays to win. Um, I mean, I'm not, you know, win at all costs by any stretch of the imagination. I don't, I don't like chase the meta. I, I try to find out how to overcome it um, with my yeah. own play style and to sort of succeed no matter what is good. But I, for me, just playing the game and um, because it's such a challenge. Like I, I don't think enough credit is given to how hard Warhammer is because I came from you know the RPG background that's like how i got into gaming and there is just no comparison like the first time you play a game of 40k 
you're absolutely overwhelmed. Just trying to remember how the rules work, never mind do well, <laughs> is such a daunting task. Um, and just uh, you know, maintaining your skills is is difficult. It's a difficult game to play, but it's hugely rewarding. Uh, doing well is just hugely rewarding. So for me, playing is is definitely my favorite aspect of the hobby. And I, I think I'm very similar to you, actually. I'm massive hobbyists and stuff. I have some really beautiful armies and stuff. But yeah, gaming gaming is where it's really at. And for most of my my uh, my hobby time as well, I'm mainly a hobbyist for most of the time. It was only back probably like ten years ago I really got into gaming, and I've just been hooked on the gaming side of it since then. It's it's not just gaming. It's just, for me, it's been the social aspect of it as well. Because um, I'm in the military, so I've had to to move around quite a lot. So for me, it's been plug and play communities wherever I've gone. So if you know, if I move around and get posted somewhere new, you're guaranteed that there's going to be somewhere nearby that plays Warhammer, and you can just plug into a, a great group of people. And I think that's probably what I want to help build with this uh, this podcast as well, to like build another community because I don't think you can have enough 40k communities out there at all. No, and I, I definitely want to say this too: is I I feel like um, if you're not a, an Imperial player, it can be difficult to find people to talk to. Um, and I remember like back in the day before there was Facebook groups, you know, faction specific Facebook groups, um, just talking tactics. Uh, it's very hard if you're a dedicated non-Imperial player, like whatever flavor to, to sort of get quality advice. Remember like old Bell of Lost Souls articles where, you know, people who didn't play your faction were telling you why your units are good or bad. And, you know... It just if you don't play these Eldari armies, if you're not like a dedicated Eldari player, um, the conversation is just different. It's just I I don't think unless you're really dedicated to the army, um, or you're just you know super dedicated player in general, because obviously you can learn stuff from people who don't play your faction. Um, there's just nothing like playing uh, talking with like another dedicated Eldari player. Yeah, exactly. Like, and I I, I kind of like the idea of people like painting their Eldar models while listening to our podcast that's just talking trash about Eldar really it's uh <laughs> hopefully just if, if you don't have somebody you can talk Eldar about you can listen to us mutter on about Eldar and our various uh forms as we as we go through this podcast series yeah and I also want to mention this this is a bit of an anomaly and I used to talk with Brian about this all the time is I've I've always been the only Eldari player in my group um, I've been in North Carolina for 11 years now, and I've never played against another Eldari player. The people have come really? and gone from my group. I'm the only Eldari player. Yeah, so. that's interesting. I've only I've only ever played against Eldar players when they've been like the faction to play. Yeah, yeah, and I I guess I'm a bit hipster, in which I I don't like to play the new hot thing. So when Eldar have been at their their peak, I've always sort of shied away from playing them because. I like it being a bit hipster in that sort of sense, I guess. So that's why I've, I've gone into Harlequins and Drakari. So between my three flavors of Eldari I've got there, whichever one's not quite the worst, but not quite the best, uh, that's probably the, the, one of the three factions that I'll end up playing at that time. Yeah, me too. Me too. I mean, I've always, I've always had that in me, being like a bit of a contrarian and just making you know, what I like work, no matter what it is. Like I was on a huge Eandon kick, during eighth edition uh with wraith blades and all that other stuff and i really enjoyed playing that eventually that became pretty good 
but um, right now, uh, Craftworld Eldar are my jam, and I'm playing, you know, Sam Han and some of the custom, some of the custom craft worlds, and really, really making that work for me. And again, just really enjoy the challenge of making my playstyle work um, in a game that's brutal deadly right now. Yeah, I, I think it's quite an interesting point actually because. Um... I think we're both on the same page with that. Um, I'm good friends with uh, Manny Chima, who's like probably one of the top players in the world at 40k. And I can go to that guy and I can say, hey, I want to play Eldari. And he'll say, take this, this, this. And this is like the best list you can probably play right now if you do these things with them. And that's not how I like to play. I like to go, these are the things I really, really like. So 80% of my list will be like the things that I just want to play with. And I use like the rest of the 20% to like, fine-tune it to, to make it a viable list yeah i mean for me it's always control over raw power if you if i could just control what i have on the board um i feel like i can be in control of the game uh for me it's not it's not about just raw over power i know that's definitely manny chima's style i mean the bat manny is a beast <laughs> yeah. um, he really is but you know, I, I think just being like a long-term Eldari player, just like teasing out those more subtle combinations and game-winning combos and whatnot is, that's like one of the great joys in being an Eldar player is, uh, you know, winning through trickery and things like that. Yeah, absolutely. And, and knowing your list as well, I think there's, there's something to be said for, it's better to be an average list, but a, a person that knows that list inside out. These two, a, day, a guy called Dave Viago, well, I lived in Winnipeg, who'd had his Eldar since Pontius was a pilot, I think, and he'd been there quite a long time with it. And uh, he just had his army, and he knew how to play his army. And although you'd bring it to the table, and it wasn't a particularly powerful, currently powerful list, he just knew it inside out. He knew what his strengths were, he knew what his weaknesses were, and he just played it really well. Uh, and that's that's kind of the way I kind of want to be with my lists. But the problem is, I'm a hobby butterfly. And I can I can never just sit there with the same army. I'm always planning my next thing and my next project. So uh, the, the idea of playing the same list time and time again, I really like the idea. I really struggle with it though. Yeah, I, I think I'm the opposite in that way, and I am path of the exarch all the way. I take a project <laughs> from start to finish and just ride it out until it's absolutely complete i remember like my entry point back into the game was i am not going to play until i've finished painting a 2000 point list so i bought everything painted the whole thing from start to finish and then played and uh, just uh, about like nine months ago or something like that i finished like repainting almost my entire collection it was like a 2500 point uh repaint and I, that's something that I really, I really enjoy, and that's something I hope to you know, pass on to the listeners too. Is just sort of like the project management and how to, how to like still enjoy that process. Um, but yeah, I, I, I love seeing a project through to completion and just hitting those little milestones is something I take a you know a lot of satisfaction from. So. Um, you know, I think I think covering that from both angles, uh, like like where all the little uh, secret grottos of hobby joy are to be found. <laughs> you know, you could bring that to the table, and uh, you know, maybe just exploring those to the fullest before moving on is something I can bring to the table. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I do want to, Scary, the uh, 
the Archon. Um, he's a YouTuber that most people probably know. If he's not, go check out his stuff. He's a, he's a really good guy. He did a, I think it's like a hundred game series where he played the same army for like a hundred games or something crazy like that. Um, yeah. Which really hats off to that guy. That's that's some commitment, and he got really good with that army because he played a hundred games with it. Yeah, I remember him playing like a twenty-game series with Witch Cult in like seventh edition. Witch Cult was awful. I mean, we're yeah. not we're not talking you know spider style jet bikes. We're talking you know girls on the board, and uh, <laughs> you know I really learned a lot from him, and that's part of like where I got that um, sort of that approach was the 20 uh, scars 20 game series and like like you said he did like a hundred game series and uh that's definitely sort of my style i I like just like really honing a list like i played like this basically the same list for about like a year and a half and you know tweaking things dropping like maybe like one or two units but keeping that core the same and just really really dialing it in and you know on the surface it wouldn't look like a competitive list but just absolutely you know teasing out every last ounce of power out of that list and that's actually something i heard manny talking about on a podcast from uh on the signals from the front line the frontline gaming network and i thought like that was a fascinating interview and i think that was 40k game changers with manny chima that was a great episode and he talked a little bit about that sort of three quarters of the way through the show i was you know you know props to him for recognizing like the value in different approaches to the game and i thought that was a really fascinating part of that podcast and um you know, sort of exploring, you know, the different the different paths you can take through the game is something we'll definitely be engaging with uh, because there's a lot of ways to get good at, you know, either playing the game or hobbying or just maximizing your enjoyment. You're, you're definitely Eldari at heart the way you're talking about the paths. <laughs> <laughs> I know, it's ridiculous, dude. Yeah, it's in the blood. True, isn't it? It's, it is your paths. So I, I've kind of got that approach to my Harlequins in the sense that I've got my Harlequin army probably more from necessity than uh, than desire because painting that many harlequins and that many diamonds is uh it, it's it, it's an effort so uh, i have my <laughs> 2000 point uh harlequin army which thanks to the points increases is probably now about two and a half thousand points so i've got a little bit of variety there to play with but uh on the whole that's my uh <laughs> that's my harlequin army and that's pretty much how it's staying yeah, and barring like new units or something like that, you should probably be ready to rock for a good long while. Yeah, yeah, I think so. So, do you play any other games apart from forty k? Um, I, my buddy Brian from Splinter Mind gave me a Battlefleet Gothic, um, Corsair Force, and I, oh, I've, cool. yeah, unfortunately, I have not gotten very far on that. I have like a cruiser and two of the escorts finished and that's actually a game like i actually really really do want to play i actually yeah. want to sort of like reconnect with brian and um <laughs> talk about maybe doing like some cross cross coast campaign action involving uh you know sort of putting together like a narrative crusade that we can all play you know the listeners here and just you know our friends worldwide and you know, incorporating like a little side game of Battlefleet Gothic, but I do I do play D and D. But other than that, I haven't played D and D in a while. But I'm hoping to start that up again in the new year. But no, I have not played any of the other games. I, I'm thinking about playing Warcry because um, okay. I have I have uh, 
I have a squad of Melosai that I use as grotesques for my Drukhari. Uh, cool. And uh, I've I've been. I, it's weird because I'm such like a sort of like high elf type guy, but I painted a gigantic Daughters of Cain army um, about two years ago on commission. Oh, cool. And I I have to admit, I think that's the faction I'm most interested in playing in AOS. And um, if, I, if I do get into AOS, it's going to be through Warcry and I want to have like a Melisai uh, little war band. Yeah, that'd be cool. The Asia Sigma armies do look beautiful. They do look beautiful. Yeah. How, how about yourself? To, uh, uh, I'd say uh, 40k stuff is my, my main thing. So uh, obviously do lots of uh, main game 40k, but uh, recently got quite heavily into to Kill Team. So uh, that that's takes up quite a bit of my time these days. And if you've not tried Kill Team, go play it. It's an amazing game. It's so interactive. Um, you need very limited uh, models for it. But you, the the depth, the depth of uh, of gaming it is just fantastic. I, I can't speak highly enough of it. Um, I am so going to get into Kill Team, one hundred percent. That's going to happen. Yeah, you must, you must. It's probably. I, I don't like to say. I, I think it's the best game that Forty uh, K do. Uh, sorry, that uh, Games Workshop do. It's fantastic. Um, other games. Uh, I've got Age Sigma. I've got four armies at Age Sigma. Uh, I've got uh, Sylvaneth. I've got Wanderers. I've got. Um, I have Dipkin, and I've got a Gloomskite Gits Squig army as well. But uh, <laughs> again, this is this is how much a prolific hobbyist am I? I've got all those four armies, and I've not played Age Sigma since uh, first edition, I think. Oh my uh, god! <laughs> I know, I know. Uh, I've got some Warcry, Necromunda, uh, Horus Heresy. Very much a Dark Angel guy in that. So um, yeah, so I've got uh, I've got quite a bit really. Yeah, so. Um, yeah, a very a very broad hobbyist, I'd say. Support some Aeronautica Imperialis as well, because they've got the new Eldar fighters in there as well, which are it's the Night Wings and the the Phoenix Bombers. Oh it's yeah, so oh my God, the Phoenix Bomber, man, GW, bring back the Phoenix Bomber. Like, let's get a plastic oh, kit of yeah. that. Come on, let's go. That'd be amazing, wouldn't it? I I love that. So I always plan to get one of those and uh, the Vampire Hunter as well. Yeah, but that... I don't think they do that anymore. No, I d- it, that's been long since discontinued, and uh, I wish that yeah, I did have yeah. one because that is like the it's like the one of the primary Corsair um, vehicles. I remember like it was a Counts as Corsair vehicle um, in one of the Imperial Armor books way back in the day, and man, that was a rarity for GW to drop Counts as Corsair. Uh, pretty, pretty badass. Man, I wish I had one of those models. It could use a little bit of a resculpt, I think though yeah if, if they did that on plastic now that'd be a stunning model yeah yeah because i've got uh i've got one of the night wings which is really cool uh for 40k scale yeah, and me it's too. really neat in the way it's the um the wings slide back and forth as well which is really quite sweet it's uh that's a really nice model I like yeah. that one yeah absolutely um so but so what's uh so i was gonna say ask if uh what, what armies do you have for 40k um, well, I have a huge craft world. I actually have two different craft world armies. I have um, my red and gold lines of Assyrian, who I typically play as uh, Sam Han or sort of, you know, expert crafters slash whatever um, <laughs> build. Um, but I've been playing more Sam Han recently than anything else. Uh, it's sort of a jet bike based build with a lot of vehicles, big units, shining spears whole mess of wind riders 
Hornets, Warp Hunters, and some nice. of the other classic vehicles. And I actually have like a Wraith Host build with that as well. Um, I just finished painting 10 Wraith Blades, um, working on a bunch of Wraith Lords. I finished my Wraith Seer. Um, and then I have a, an Alatok army. It's Alatok themed. It's like a stealth-based Eldar army. Okay, cool. Yeah, it's all in black. That's another, that's like, again, counts as Corsairs. So I have like all these like kit-bashed uh, striking scorpions, like counts as striking scorpions, counts as... Um, swooping hawks things like that um all manner of rangers and then i have i have actually a small uh, world eaters army too um okay yeah like once i finish painting up like a bunch of odds and ends to that it'll be at 2000 points it's about 1500 right now and i have a teeny tiny dark angels army dark angels uh just from like a lore perspective um are it's funny, like I Eldar is my number one favorite army. It's all I've, it's the only army I've played since uh, second edition. But Dark Angels, just in terms of, they're like kind of like my favorite for whatever reason. Um, yeah. The army I follow like the closest in terms of new developments and lore and things like that. Um, so I love Dark Angels, World Eaters. I'm excited in uh, actually putting them on the table. Um, I did that army just to have a chaos army for campaign play that I can either give to people or play myself. So, um, because when I, when I play, I want to play Corsairs versus chaos. That's always yeah. been my thing. <laughs> and finding a chaos player can sometimes be a bit of a challenge. So I'm like, Hey, to hell with it. If no one else will do it, I'll do it myself. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. So, but so yeah. Favorite unit of all of 40 K if you had to pick one. Uh, it's probably Shining Spears or Wind Riders. Um, I didn't okay. I didn't start playing Shining Spears for a long, long time just because they were awful, but I always loved them. Um, yeah. And then in, I, I started collecting the bits to make like my own custom Shining Spears units, like way back in like sixth edition, where I um, got all these Dragon Prince lances, and um, I got these third party Russian sculpts off of ebay i bought them in like 2011 or something like that so this is way back in the day and then the idneth deepkin um army came out and that's where i got the helmets so shining spears are definitely shining spears epitomize my play style high risk high reward you got to know what you're doing with them in the movement phase um but when you connect you hit like a freight train um then wind riders the jet bikes are my jam yeah, jet bikes are really cool, aren't they? Especially the new ones. Well, even the old ones were were, were really cool looking. Um, it was one of the first actual Eldari models I bought as well. Actually, it was the uh, the jet bike with the, the shuriken cannon? Oh yeah, it came with like, the lead shuriken cannon and like the lead body to go with it, like the um, like the, the plume on its helmet. It was really cool. Yeah, and the and the banners on the back. GW, bring yeah. back those banners. Let's go. Yeah, classic banners. I forgot about those. They're really cool. <laughs> Yeah, but how about yourself? What, do you have a favorite unit? Uh, I think it's got to be warp spiders. If it if we're talking Eldari, hell yeah. Uh, I think it's the the Dawn of War two cinematic trailer that they did with this uh, this warp spider like running up, like jumping through the warp, shooting something, slicing something, and then jumping through the warp again, and then getting shot. But then uh, I just kind of thought <laughs> that bit. But it was just it's just so cool, and it was just so. Uh, just so down with how I like to play the game that uh, I really love that. And I think in sixth edition, I think the 
they had rules that sort of represented that. They were a little bit obnoxious, but uh, I just thought that is that rules writing there is representing what I'm seeing uh, on that video. It was just so cool. Yeah, um, I would just love it if they got some new sculpts because they're a oh little bit old. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, Warp Spiders sort of epitomized the uh, Eldar play style, the sort of strike and fade, um, and just so tricksy and elusive, but like extremely yeah. hard hitting. Uh, yeah, Warp Spiders, I mean, for the love of God, let, let's get a resculpt there. Uh, <laughs> is it, what are we talking? 1996, those models came out? Like, please. Yeah, it's, uh, that's, that is quite a long time now. That was pretty much when I was. Yeah, a teenager pretty getting into the hobby uh but yeah long time now yeah and as i'm sure you guys can can tell just from uh where this conversation has gone um we have an extreme extreme you know 30 year burning passion uh <laughs> for all things eldari and um we're so excited to be starting this project and just really exploring uh how to bring your eldar army to life uh, either at the painting desk or on the table, no matter what theme you're going for, I guarantee you there is a way to win. Uh, we've been playing this game for a long, long time and hope to make this show into a resource for players to you know see their projects through to completion, be happy with the way their armies look, um, but also bring those armies to the table and do good no matter what arena of play you're involved in because... Uh, believe me, uh, you know, just from craft world's perspective, there have been way darker times, uh, than we're in now. I mean, I remember fifth edition, you didn't even get a codex that was no. brutal and you didn't get a codex till a quarter of the way through sixth edition. You were playing with a fourth, like an early fourth edition book. Yeah. So, uh, do not despair. You've got two autarchs here. Well, of course, air prince and an autark, uh, <laughs> ready to, uh, battle bro up with you and uh help you get some wins under your belt yeah absolutely i think it's gonna be great fun i'm really looking forward to getting stuck into it and uh just getting feedback as well from from the community as well and see uh see what people are really interested in in eldar and you know guiding our process through this podcast as well yeah absolutely and i, and I you know you guys can can hit us up on facebook twitter instagram you know links will be in the episode description but let us know like what you're running into because you know with these uh, interesting times we're in right now, um, what people are experiencing in the game is wildly different, and um, sort of getting like a just like a, a man on the street sort of level perspective, I think would be really really handy. And again, we are playtesters, so all that information is extremely important, and love to hear what your guys' experience has been, what kind of challenges you're running to in the game. Um, and if you have any hobby questions, uh, two really experienced painters, uh, just ready to give you any kind of info you might need. I got a lot of tutorials up on the web. I can send you guys links to anything that uh, you might have questions about. But yeah, I love the community engagement and really want to know what people are experiencing with um, what people are experiencing with their armies, whether, you know, Drukari, Craft Worlds, or, or Harlequins. I'd love to know uh, what what everybody's experience has been as of late. Yeah, so I think that's probably a good time to end our first podcast, and I, I hope it's a good opportunity for you to get to know what we are and what we're passionate about and give you a look forward to our, our next podcasts. 
Yeah, so thank you for joining us, guys. And uh, the new, uh, the next episode will be up very, very soon. And get in touch with us. Let us know what you're experiencing. And uh, thanks for tuning in. See you next time.